Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. And we're recording now here on a Tuesday night after the Lakers win 120-107 over the Philadelphia 76ers. Alex, at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. I'm at Alex Padilla 86 on Twitter. What's going on today on a Tuesday, man? Uh, nothing much, man. Like, it was a fun game. Um... How's everything with you? It's been a while since we've held Yeah, you. sorry. I missed you last week. I know that um, I had to go do cover a college basketball game last Tuesday night. Um, so I, I was unavailable to record. But uh, thank you for filling in as always. I think you did it with Anthony, right? Yeah, yeah, we did. So that was cool. Yeah. And now there's going to be going forward, like me or you and Anthony will be kind of rotating on Tuesdays. <laughs> And then you're going to go to Thursdays with Sabrina. Uh, so next week, you're going to hear me and Anthony. And the week after that, you're going to hear me and Alex. And the week after that, you're going to hear me and Anthony. So you'll hear a little bit of a different variation of us on Tuesday. Um, but it's, should I just still call it Taco Tuesday? With Yeah, we have to, man. We got yeah. to keep, keep it this, going. Uh, keep it going, yeah. Yeah, we got to keep it going. But as far as tonight goes, the Lakers win 120-107. Anthony Davis was an absolute monster today. 37 points, 13 rebounds, and just a ton of energy from him. LeBron James almost with a triple-double, three rebounds away. 22 points, 14 assists, and seven rebounds. Let me just ask you your initial thought on the game today. Obviously, the Sixers are without Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, but your initial thought on tonight's game. I thought it was a game they needed to win, regardless if uh, Simmons and Embiid played or not, because... Like you said, they're under they're underhanded. Uh, they didn't have everyone at full strength, but this is still a team who's going to potentially be a finals uh, preview with this Laker team. And I thought they kind of needed to come out and make a statement. And I thought they did that. I thought they fooled around early on in the in the game, but that second quarter towards the end, I thought they were fantastic and kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. But overall, like I'm happy with the win. I kind of wish they played a little better so LeBron and AD can get some more uh, rest, but I'll take the win any day of the week. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the Lakers that came in, obviously they had that weird game versus the Grizzlies where they just got destroyed. But, I mean, they've been playing pretty well. 9-1 and one their last 10 games. Uh, obviously, when a team doesn't have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, you expect to beat them. But then you saw the way the Sixers played against the Clippers two days ago, and they kept they had a lead for a long time, ended up keeping it real close and uh, just uh, losing. But this, the Sixers team was a lot more scrappy than I thought they were going to be, especially when Tobias Harris was on the floor. He got into foul trouble, so they couldn't really he couldn't really play too much early on. But when he was on the floor, the Sixers looked dangerous, um, even without the two guys. So that wasn't so encouraging to see. What was encouraging to see was that. The way Anthony Davis played tonight, I just thought was like, if he can do that, not obviously not to the the exact level he did it today because it was so good today, but if he can play to this kind of level every day in the playoffs, the Lakers are going to be really difficult to beat. Like he was so good today, defensively, rebounding, three-point shooting, just energy all around, and he showed why he might be the Lakers MVP. I'm not, I'm that's debatable, of course, but. Um, he just was so good tonight. I was, it was so good to see, and I was very impressed by Anthony Davis. So was I. And against, I, I know Al Horford is on the tail end of his career, but he's still a really good post defender, and he's still a really good player. So for him to do that against a guy who might be guarding him in the playoffs in a potential finals like series, like 
I was really impressed. And I, like you said, it was not just the scoring, it was rebounding, uh, getting steals, and just kind of bringing this energy the entire game. Like, he was a plus 30 in the game. Like, that's yeah. really rare to that's see. That's insane. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I was just thoroughly impressed. It's kind of been a while since we've had the this, like, the AD type game where he just dominates and it was really cool to see that he's feeling a little better and he could still do this. I just hope that with two really important games coming up, like he can keep it going because mm-hmm. in some of the marquee games this year, he hasn't really uh, kind of performed to the expectations we, we have for him. So hopefully this is a sign of, you know, him just get checking to another gear and getting ready for the playoffs. Yep. So since today is a recap game, we won't get into too many topics besides tonight. So what I thought is something different to do was that we both wrote down some notes about today's game. And let's just see where it takes us. Got a couple bullet points and then we'll go from there. So my first thing I wrote down today, obviously no Embiid, no Simmons, but for the Lakers, no Caruso. Second game in a row he didn't play. And the obviously everyone knows Silver screen and roll stance on Alex Caruso. We love him. Mm-hmm. And when he doesn't play, that means more Rondo. And we don't love that. And you kind of saw that tonight. I don't know about you, but when Rondo came on the court today, that offense just looked so terrible and so slow. And it just, it almost like killed the momentum every time he was on the court. And I don't know, it was plus minus tonight. Um, I think it was minus two. So nothing really crazy, but. I just saw it today as, man, this is the bad Rondo. Obviously, he's had like maybe a handful of games where you're like, oh, that's that's pretty good. But today, I just thought it was so noticeable. And I kind of thought that's, that's why the Lakers couldn't put the Sixers away earlier. It was like when the, sub, when the bench came in, they didn't do too much. And Rondo was a big part of that, in my opinion. Yeah, Philadelphia, their bench outscored the Lakers 55 to 38 in this game. And I thought like you just, like you just nailed it right there with the Rondo thing. It's not like when we kind of complain about Rondo, it's not so much like he's not scoring or he's not getting assists. It's kind of the negative effect he has on an offense. Like, like I kind of tweeted something out about the spacing, and it, it's kind of something that go you know you miss if you're not watching the game and you're just like at the box score. But um, if he's out there, you know teams are willingly sagging off of him and helping on AD or LeBron or anyone else kind of going into the paint. So it's just a negative impact he has on the floor. And we already know, like, he's not putting in 100% effort on the defensive end. So there's kind of two areas of the floor where he's kind of hurting the team. And that's kind of where Caruso would come in and kind of clean things up, especially kind of provide that extra energy and stuff. So, yeah, I, I thought the bench today was an issue. And I thought that's kind of helped what helped Philadelphia stay in it that long. And uh, I hope, you know, with I know we're not going to talk about other things besides the game, but if they got they get a guy like Dion or J.R. Smith. I think that's where those guys could be impactful because we need an extra guy off the bench who could just score points or just kind of change the momentum of a game. And Rondo really isn't that. Yeah, and and then you brought, you bring those guys up, and I'm just like, my first thought is, is there anybody else? Like <laughs> those are those are the two guys. Like really, like the guy that got high on on weed brownies and was like so stoned out of his mind on an airplane, and J.R. Smith. Like, it's like, I was cool. Like, we had the meme team last year. We don't need to bring in these two guys. Like, I, I understand they have a roster spot open because they cut Troy Daniels. But I am of the opinion, like, let's just go with what we got right now. I kind of, because. Even I, I Rondo. Also, 
you want to cut Rondo? No, I'm saying like, are you if say you get a guy like Dion, right? Would mm-hmm. he maybe get some of those Rondo minutes? I I don't know. Like, is anybody taking? Guess, we've been talking about Rondo I for know. so long. Like, is anybody <laughs> going to take Rondo's minutes? No. I know. I know. So, and I, I would rather it. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I would rather it, but because you never know what you can get with someone like Dion Waiters. But like, don't. Would you trust him over Quinn Cook? I, I mean, I would. Just, I mean, just because Quinn Cook has barely played it all this year, and. I understand he's a really good spot-up shooter and that type of stuff. But I think Dion. now we're just kind of going to a different topic. But I think Dion right, at least right. can offer a different skill set that this team doesn't currently have. I think he, he's aggressive when he drives to the paint. He opens up lanes and opens up passing lanes that a guy like Rondo... like If, if Rondo drives to the paint, defenses aren't going to freak out. Like, oh shit, we got to go double this guy or help off my man to come you know, send extra help his way. But with a guy like Dion, even if he's not like a prolific scorer, like he still has a respect level that defenses have to pay attention to him, and he can at least create his own offense. Something that this team is really lacking outside of like basically yeah. LeBron and AD. So, I mean, I, that's kind of where I am with Dion. Like, I there's a ton of risk also, but at the same time, it's like either he plays or he sits on the bench. It's an empty roster right. spot, and maybe. He, if he shows enough playmaking skill, some of those minutes are taken away from Rondo. But like you said, it's like a pipe dream. Like we know Rondo's going to get time in the playoffs no matter what. Yeah, and I will say this: if it does come down between the two of them, I'll take Dion Waiters. I just think he's a lot less disruptive. I know he had that issue in Miami. I just feel like J.R. Smith can come in and really mess with that chemistry. That and that's my most concerning point about bringing somebody in at this point when they brought in Morris. I was like. All right, like just don't mess up the chemistry that this team seems to have, you know. So, um, yeah, let, I think Rondo's just going to be a story all year. Like he's not going anywhere. We just like, gotta get used to it, and hopefully he doesn't screw it up too much, and he has more good games than bad games. So, uh, something that's really, like we said, the 76ers, they could be an Eastern Conference Final team. They could be an NBA Finals team, especially when they're healthy. But something that's like really eye-opening about the 76ers, and I wrote this down, was. They have a nine-game losing streak now on the road, and you look at their overall roads, their road record, mm-hmm. nine and twenty-three on the road. Oof. The Lakers are the complete opposite. They have the best record in the NBA away from home. They're twenty-five and six, tied with the Bucks. So that's something that's really interesting to see. Like nine and twenty-three for the 76ers away on the road is in an incredible number for a really good team. Yeah, yeah. I think when we kind of look at potential finals teams and kind of which teams are going to do well in the playoffs you look at these little kind of stats and win-loss records and to see if like indicators and that's i didn't realize that until you read it but yeah that's sounds like a red flag right there um i mean this team hasn't been healthy all year like either simmons or Embiid is always hurt and then when they do play they kind of have spacing issues like the lakers like there's a ton of big guys on the floor at the same time and um I don't know. Like I, I think this team is. That's still- just so crazy, man. They're they're literally they're twenty eight and two at home, and nine and twenty three on the road. Shit, they better hope they have home court advantage or something in the playoffs. Then. That's insane. <laughs> that is insane. That's so crazy. And the Lakers, they're just good everywhere. And that to me, I don't know, like if I'm reading too much into it, but to me, that's a really good sign of like veteran leadership on a team. When you're good on the road, you can handle that that hostile environment. And who's more used to hostile environments than LeBron James in the league? 
Like, no. He gets it everywhere he goes. And that's an encouraging thing when you're talking about playoff games on the road, too. Like, winning playoff games on the road is huge. It's huge. If you can steal one or two per series on the road, I mean, that's it. You know, you're going to win everything. Absolutely. And I think uh, I was watching the TNT uh, um, game today, and they, they kind of read off a stat. I didn't even realize that the Lakers are undefeated after leading after three quarters. So they haven't lost a game when they've had the lead going to the fourth. Like, that's another good indicator that this team is able to put other clubs away down the stretch and they could win on the road. They beat teams that they're supposed to be the best record. I don't, they haven't lost a game to a, I think a team under 500. I think I have to double check that, but they're, they're definitely doing what they're supposed to do and they've done it all year. So I, you got to feel like confident that it can hopefully carry over for sure. Well, they just lost to Memphis. That's right. They, they yeah. might have like the best win loss record or something like that against teams under 500, not undefeated. Right. And the good thing, I mean, right now, there's 22 games to go. And the Lakers have a six-game lead in the loss column over the Clippers right now. So you have – the schedule is kind of daunting when you take a look at it. Uh, so that's good to see because the Clippers are playing really well right now. But I just think that's a really important and underrated thing is how you play on the road, especially when it comes in the playoffs. So that's a pretty encouraging thing that the Lakers are doing compared to someone like the Sixers who can make some noise in the East. Absolutely. And the next thing I wrote down, because we talked about this in the offseason, and I know there's no like official like stat keeping of this, but how's our dunk <coughs> record doing? Because this, I feel like the Lakers are just dunking on everybody. Obviously, Dwight Howard has like a 73% field goal percentage, and Anthony <laughs> Davis is like at 51. There's a lot of their... JaVel McGee's up there too. They just like they just literally are the pick and roll, the alley oop, whatever it is. It's so it's such a high percentage of dunks. It's crazy. They use their size well for sure. Like I I wrote an article really early in the season about their dunks, and at that point they were leading the league, and I doubt that's changed at all. Um, when you got when you have like three centers, like a lot of teams don't really have three traditional centers, like a Dwight uh, McGee and AD type players that. You're just going to get a ton of dunks and putbacks and offensive chances, and I think that's why this team has done so well this year. They just outsize a lot of other front courts, and I think that just leads to a lot of dunks and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's been an advantage for them all year in terms of their size and being able to get good looks at the basket. And that's going to be something that they can take advantage of, like you said, like nobody really has that size. And the Clippers try to address that size by adding kind of the other Morris brother. But really, like, I mean, Dwight Howard, 73%. JaVale McGee, 65%. Anthony Davis, 51%. LeBron is almost 50% himself. So um, extremely high field goal percentage by the Lakers. Um, The story of the game today, I know we're already 15 minutes into this episode, but the story of this game today, to me, is what happened at the end of the first half. Because the Lakers fell down by, I believe, 13 or 14 points. And then when three minutes left, I don't know what the score was, but they finished on a 22-4 to run fueled by Anthony Davis, who was incredible. That was the best basketball the Lakers have played all year. That little three-minute span, it was defense, it was shooting, it was dunking, it was passing, everything. Even Billy Mack on Spectrum said, it's like showtime. And it really, (laughs) it wasn't a classic Billy Mack overreaction. It literally was showtime. To me, that's the story of the game. That changed the game. And that was 
so fun to watch. I think Anthony Davis, he like dribbled behind his back at some point. He had a crazy dunk. They had a block. Every Bradley just stole the ball from guys. That was great. It yeah. was a great. To me, that's the story of the game. What happened in those three minutes just changed everything. Definitely, like you said, they were after that first quarter and, and midway through that second, they were sleepwalking for most of that game. And then I'm not sure what happened. Like I, I don't know if I missed what set everything up. Like if I don't, I don't know what happened, but. Yeah, they went on that crazy run. I thought the defense specifically, they were just swarming Philadelphia and with AD and Bradley and just everyone out there. I thought they did really well. And I think that's another strength to this team. They kind of go on these runs almost every other game where it's like a 10-0 run or 10-2 run, and it kind of puts them over the top. And I think it's really important that they have that extra gear they could kick into even after falling behind and kind of in the early parts of the games because this team never really starts off that hot. Like, it's always right. a close game after the first quarter or so. But then they kind of just push away towards the later parts of the game. And I thought tonight was just another great example of that. Yeah, it was It was so It was so much fun to watch. And it's so, like, when Staples Center gets going like that, man, it's so much fun just to see the Lakers go. And it really, really was a great end to the first half. All right. They had a, a lot of, like, highlight plays today. Mm-hmm. You had the Anthony Davis behind the dribble. You had the LeBron steal and dunk. You had the LeBron half-court shot. What's your play of the game tonight? Ooh, I, I really like that Avery Bradley steal. Like yeah, just, that was like he just muscled it out. <laughs> yeah, he just took it from him. Yeah. Um, I think it was that. I think that just set the yeah. tone for the rest of the game. Like We fooled around early in parts of the game, but we're just done playing around with you. We're just going to take it from you. And I thought yeah. that was a literal example of that. How about you? Uh, to me, it was the Anthony Davis when he went coast to coast, took it behind his back, laid it in. Because it like anytime you can get someone me to tweet an instant reaction of a tweet on a random game in March, like that's a good play. You don't like and tweet much. I don't live tweet much. I just <laughs> like to just watch. I I love following along on Twitter. I don't oh. live tweet much. Uh, today though, I tweeted uh, Anthony Davis is a better point guard than Rajon Rondo. I saw and I was that. Right, it was right after that play. And I stand by that statement after that game. I mean, so maybe maybe we don't need Dion Waiters because we go. could just have AD play point guard when uh, Caruso's not in. We figured it out. It took us I don't know how many episodes, but I think we figured out this roster and it's just yep. let AD play every position. Sixty games in, and we figured it out. <laughs> there it is, Anthony Davis. But well, you did bring up Avery Bradley, <laughs> and um, I just thought he had one of those games, man. That's that 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 can change any game. He And I, I wrote it down as he had like a Patrick Beverly game. He was everywhere. He he made some steals. He got some rebounds. He made some shots. And it's not going to be like the most impressive box score. But if you watch the game, it was a very impressive game by Avery Bradley. Something that I think we need to see a consistently more of. Yeah. Especially when other guys are struggling, like a Danny Green or like a Kyle Kuzma. When those guys are struggling... And someone needs to make a play. Avery Bradley did that tonight. Obviously, AD did it a lot more, and LeBron too. But you know what I mean? Like It was just one of those games that will not show up huge in the box score. But if you watched it, it was so good. Yeah, like he's been the tone setter for this team for in terms of their defense since basically preseason. And uh, a lot, I mean, that's why he's still in the starting lineup. Like He doesn't have the greatest impact on offense. Like He's... Thankfully, been making his threes at a little better percentage um, since the All Star break and stuff like that. But in terms of where his biggest impact is, it is like you said, bringing that effort and that defense and kind of that tenacity this team really needs, like a Patrick Beverly. Like this team does need like a, that type of player. 
and Bradley is probably the closest thing they have to it. So, yeah, like I hope that intensity continues against the Clippers and the Bucks and in the playoffs because that's something this team really does need. And um, they've been relying on Crusoe to bring that energy, but if they could have another guy like Bradley to do it more consistently, then yeah, like he he was fantastic tonight. Was Crusoe wearing dad jeans today? I didn't see was I did not see that. He was wearing jeans and I couldn't tell if they were like dad jeans or if they were like trendy jeans because they didn't show his lower half too much. But that would be hilarious if Crusoe decided to show up in a blazer and dad jeans. That's very on brand for him, for sure. Very on brand for <laughs> Mr. Caruso. Um let me ask you your obviously it's a small sample size so far of what we've seen from Marquise Morris, but what do you think so far of what we've seen from him? I think he's been like fine. Like I think he's been good. Like in terms of what his role is and what they kind of expected from him. Like at, at the end of the day, he was free, right? Like we didn't like we cut Boogie, and uh, I know some people were kind of upset with that. But Boogie was going to play this year, and even if he did play, that might have not turned out well. So I was totally fine with cutting him for an, like a actual guy who can play. And I thought. I think in a few games, Morris has actually been really good. Like he's has his spacing is helping the team in terms of their offense. Like putting him next to Dwight or McGee, like or even AD, that really helps those guys get a little more positioning. Like if you just watch Dwight with uh, Morris out there, he has a lot of more deep seal opportunities where he's kind of in the paint calling for the ball, and we haven't really seen that much this year. So I I've liked what he's done. Um, he didn't have the greatest game tonight, but I thought overall he's kind of fit in nicely and kind of accepted a role. Who's he kind of taking? I know obviously with Caruso at the last two games, he probably is taking his minutes, but whose minutes is he really? He's played five games for the Lakers now. He's played 15, 19, 17, 15, and 13 tonight. Who's he taking minutes from? I, I'm get like you said, since Caruso's not really playing as much, I I, I don't see Dwight's. I, I I think Dwight has kind of seen a little bit of a dip because Morris has played a little bit of small ball five, um, but I think it's a little bit of minutes like here and there from everyone, um, which is fine. Like I think that's the best way to do it. Um, but yeah, like I because I think, it's clear that he's getting. I don't know if it's clear that he's going to be in the rotation come playoff time, but it's clear that that Frank Vogel's giving him a chance to earn those minutes. Yeah, has that surprised you also? Because it does seem like he does get like a consistent thirteen to fifteen minutes already, like since joining mm-hmm. the team, right? Yeah, I mean, and like you said, for someone that was from a buyout, um, it is really interesting to see that he's getting those minutes like pretty consistently. Like he's averaging about fifteen minutes a game. Yeah, like I'm trying to actually kind of figure out now, like who has stopped playing. Like Daniels and Cook and Dudley weren't even playing to begin with, so he he is probably just kind of slotting in. At taking minutes from Kuzma, Dwight, and others like along the way, but yeah, like you said, I think they're, they're giving him a chance, and I think he's done well enough to kind of keep getting those minutes. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the next guy they sign from the buyout market, if uh, he, <laughs> how, whose minutes that player takes, because that's that's two new players at this. Rondos. Kind of... <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> Rondos. I don't know. Yeah. Like, so if it's Waiters or J.R. Smith. I, I don't know what that means for Caruso. I always feel like Caruso's the guy who's like, hope not. I, I really hope he doesn't get touched against like his minutes, but he feels like always like the most likely candidate. I know, and it's funny, man, because everybody on the on the organization praises him. Mm-hmm. Vogel praises him. LeBron praises him. Everybody praises him. But yet he's the one that suffers with minutes. And it's clear that the Lakers are better with Caruso when he's on the court. It's so weird to me. I don't understand what 
What like what does Rondo have on Vogel? Does he have compromising pictures? Does he <laughs> does he like know some intimate secrets of Vogel or Genie Bus or something? Like what is going on? Like it's obvious, right, that the Lakers are better when Caruso's on the floor than when Rondo's on the floor. I mean, it is to me, and I'm sure it is to a lot of the players on the team. Yeah, like, I, don't think- I don't get it, man. It's it, and I know that it's probably old for some people that listen to this podcast network, but it's just fascinating and kind of dumbfounding that Rondo is getting 20 to 25 minutes a game, and he's not that good, and he's actually not good really at all sometimes, like tonight. So it's just weird, man. And I really it, it it makes no sense to me. So like we said earlier. He's going to get his minutes. He's going to play in the playoffs. You just, just got to deal with it. But it's still confusing as hell. So um, maybe, though, my last note for you, maybe Rondo's getting minutes because Kyle Kuzma kind of has sucked. <laughs> 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 I don't know how else to say it, man. Like He oh, is Kuzma. the most inconsistent player on the Lakers. Uh, he shows flashes of brilliance. And then he shows flashes like the last couple of games where he just can't shoot for anything. Well, at least tonight. I know he finished with 20 uh, on Sunday. But my gosh, man, like what is up? with? He's so up and down. He's probably – obviously Rondo's frustrating. But I would say to me Kyle Kuzma is the most frustrating person on the team this year. I think he's the most confusing player. Like if not frustrating, I, I don't know – like I, I am writing a thing on Kuzma, and it's taken me like a long time to like research it because I don't know what the hell is going on with Kuzma this year. Like yeah. I don't know whose fault it is, what the issues are. Like I'm looking at stats, watching like tape, and just doing everything I can to try to figure out what the hell has gone on this year. And it's a combination of a lot of things. But um, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, there's got to be some consistency here. And uh, I thought he played really well against New Orleans. Like I thought he did as best as you can do against Zion like he got destroyed but he at least put up a but who isn't yeah so as long as the effort's there like I don't care how many points he scores as long as he's doing all the other little things but yeah I it's been his three point his three point percentage is terrible um it's gone it's just it's gone downhill fast and he's still taking a lot of three-point shots today he took five he's one of five so I don't know I, it's just obviously he's still the third top scorer on the team. Uh, he takes the third most shots, but really at this point, and I never thought I would say this, I, and I'm kind of don't even want to say it out loud. But really at Uh-oh. this point, KCP should be taking more shots than Kuzma. KCP is at least kind of a little bit more consistent than him. You know, uh, he's the leading team. He's a leading three point shooter on the team as far as percentage goes. Um, and I never thought I would say that out loud this year, but I mean, it's the truth to me. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to say about Kuzma anymore. Like he's, he, he is like Rondo in a, in a sense that we all season oh, we've oh, talked about. That hurts. Yeah. We've like talked about all year. Like, I don't know what the deal is with him or like what they can do to help him like feel more comfortable and stuff like that. But I thought tonight in that fourth quarter, the way Philadelphia played the like defense against Lakers in the half court. I do have a little bit of concerns come the playoffs that Kuzma's going to be the guy defenses are going to leave open and he's going to have to make them to stay on the floor. And if he does, doesn't make them, then he might be benched for, I don't know, KCP or green or even Jared Dudley or someone, you know, 
Um, wild thought, maybe a stupid thought. Maybe I shouldn't say this either, but what about maybe playing starting Kuzma over Danny Green and just giving him more minutes? Because he says he says he's a rhythm guy. He says he's a flow shooter. Why not give him more minutes? Because he's obviously at 15 to 20 minutes a game. It's It's not really working for him. And it's not like Danny Green's like tearing it up either. So, yeah, I think they just. I know they, Danny Green is a much better defender. Uh-huh. I think so. That might be an issue, but I don't know, just just you got twenty two games left. Might yeah. as well try something. I just think like at this stage of how good they've been all year, it's a matter of just like not messing with things. And um, I agree, def- but we're like bringing in Morris all of a sudden. It's true, and he's definitely played better as a starter this year. But I think. Like when we say that, it's not so much that it's because he's starting, and that's why he's because playing better. AD it's... and LeBron's not playing. Well, yeah, he's getting the 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 chances he got last year next to LeBron, right? All the passes yeah. LeBron's making to AD, Kuzma gets to get. And when you have to play almost 60 percent of your minutes with Rondo, you're not going to get those types of passes. You're going to have to wait in the corner, and then get the ball with eight seconds left on the clock, and try to make something happen. And that's that's hard for any player, and I think Kuzma's. That's a big reason why he's kind of struggled this year. And it's not that's not it's not totally Rondo's fault that he's been inconsistent, but I think it's a factor in terms of the types of shots he was getting last year versus this year. All right, Alex. Well, the Lakers. Uh, one more time, they win tonight, one twenty, one oh seven. Anthony Davis, the star of tonight, thirty seven points, thirteen rebounds. Uh, two blocks, four steals, just all around amazing game by Anthony Davis on Tuesday against the Sixers. Next up is the Bucks on Friday. Oof, Huge game at game. home. The Lakers are not leaving L.A. for the next five or six games. The uh, The game on Sunday against the Clippers is technically a road game, but obviously we know how that goes. Um, the Lakers, like I said, you have the Bucks. Uh, it's the ESPN game Friday night, 730, and then you got – the Clippers on Sunday, the ABC, ABC game at twelve thirty, and then you won't be here on Tuesday, but I'll be doing another um, recap next week with Anthony against the Nets. But it's the next two that are the big two. We thought today would be a huge one, but we didn't know that that Embiid and Simmons would be hurt. But Friday, Milwaukee, that's a tough one. But we did just see what the Heat did to the Bucks, sure. so not impossible to win that game. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen there? Oh, man. Like, this is the game, right? Like, this is the, like these two games have kind of been circled on the calendar for a while now. Um, yeah. But it's like the first time they played each other, the first game. Like, Giannis made five threes. Yeah. I don't think he's made five threes combined since. <laughs> it was such a like a crazy performance by the Bucks, and they ended up winning 111-104. It was a really close game in close, Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, I think the I think the Lakers match up pretty good against the Bucks. Man, I think okay. the size makes a difference. I think there's a reason why Giannis was taking all those shots from the outside because the size makes a difference. So is Giannis going to make five threes on Friday? I'm I'm not going to bet another finger on it, but I'm pretty sure he's not. I think for the Lakers on the Lakers side, if Giannis takes five threes, I think that's a win, right? Like you want Giannis yeah. taking threes. Absolutely, one hundred percent. He took eight threes that game. That's a ton. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms, okay. So like these two games here, do you think it's like you got you like you want to win at least one of these, right? Like you have to kind of finally get over the hump. And well, let me ask you that question because that's it's funny you say that because I was thinking which game would you rather win? Oh boy. I to me, I don't mind losing to the Bucks, 
let them get their hopes up. Like, if they get to the finals, we'll see them in the finals. I think the Lakers really do need to beat the Clippers for their own morale because they're 0 for 2 so far this year. This will be the third one. They have another one in April. I think for their own morale, beating the Clippers is more important, but that could just be me overthinking it, and that could be me hating the Clippers more than I hate the Bucks. So I would like them to see – I would like them to beat the Clippers more than I would like them to beat the Bucks. Obviously, both would be fantastic, um, but if I had to choose one, it would be on Sunday. You know, I think I agree, and I think if you were to ask the players privately and stuff, I think they would agree also. Like, they, they do not want to go 0-3 or end up going 0-4 or whatever it is on the season against the Clippers. Because we might not face the Bucks in the finals. Like, it's not a given the Bucks make it all the way to the finals, but it feels like a or safe... Or the Lakers. Yeah. It feels like a safe bet that the Lakers and Clippers will at least have a good chance of meeting in the playoffs. And you want to have at least some some game footage and film to point to and, and show in like film sessions like, hey, we're able to beat them. These are the things we did to beat them already. And you want to have that kind of footage to go back to and point to and say, these are the things we need to do. So yeah. I, I agree. I think they do need to beat the Clippers. And I uh, it sounds like Paul George is back and everyone's healthy for the Clippers. And if the Lakers are all healthy, it'll be a really good matchup where everyone is like at full yeah. strength. So I think they need to beat the Clippers. It'd be great if they beat both. But um, I, I just, in terms of the Bucks, if they lose, I just hope it's close again. Like, I'm not yeah. discouraged, like you said, about the loss to the Bucks because, like you said, the Giannis thing on the road. And they started so badly in that game. Like, they dropped behind, like, 18 points at one point, and they came all the way back. Yeah, so. that second quarter was brutal. Yeah, so as long as they, they sh- like, show up and they don't get blown out like they did in Boston, I'll be I'll be fine with that. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, man. Um, But it'll be it'll, – it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's a really interesting time for Lakers because the schedule is rough for the next couple weeks. So, uh, like I said, roster uh, Bucks on on Friday, and then uh, Clippers on Sunday. And I hope the Morris twins vlog their travels together before the game on Sunday. Oh, that's right. So <laughs> do, we're gonna get at least one matchup with the Morris brothers, right? Like I hope. Oh happens. yeah, yeah. We would have to get that, right? It feels like, like it. Yeah, like I mean, I think. they're. I mean, it's like they're both playing. Yeah. They're both playing minutes, so I, I would assume that there's going to be at least a, a, a three- to four-minute window where they will face off against each other. And who knows? By Sunday, Dion Waiters will, will hit a game winner for the Lakers or something. <laughs> that would be something. That would be something. <laughs> well, Alex, uh, tell everybody where to get your uh, newsletter. Yeah, you can go to throwdowns.substack. So Substack is a newsletter service, and you can find a ton, ton of good content out there. And uh, yeah, it's free. You can sign up just using your email. And like I said, I'm writing a, trying to write a piece on Kuzma's year. It's really difficult, but I hope I can write and kind of detail what what's going on with him. Check it out at Alex M Regla on Twitter. He has, tells you where to get everything. I'm at Alex Padilla 86 on Twitter. Check us out there as well. And make sure if you're just listening to this without subscribing, subscribe. Why not? Uh, Alex, uh, we'll talk to you in two weeks, and we'll see what happens with the team by then. All right, man. Thank you. All right, man. Thank you.